So entering the Raiders and the Browns game, I'm wondering if you would say that there is a better quarterback in Oakland, California, or a better quarterback in Cleveland, Ohio. So with that, I say hello and welcome to our Vegas Nation podcast. Uh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before I even say this, Gilberto Monsano looking at me crazily. <laughs> I, I almost jumped out of my chair. Like, what? Is, I'm, I'm leaving this podcast. You're, you're, think, you're thinking Baker Mayfield is already better than Derek Carr? I don't know. Hiberto Monsano, NFL writer at the Las Vegas Review Journal. Obviously, he he seems to know a little bit more about football and does not like that hot take. Meanwhile, Raiders beat writer Michael Gelkin, he hears that take and he says exactly what? I would slow your roll, but I think he's <laughs> going to be a fantastic quarterback in this league. Baker Mayfield is exciting. I would agree with that. He is exciting as well. Okay, let's go ahead and, and move along with what we have to talk about. Michael, you have the floor right now. You're the one who's been in the locker room after the Raiders were defeated by the Miami Dolphins. Thank God Larry Mir is not on the microphone and can say anything right now about his Miami Dolphins. But you heard Marshawn Lynch talk. You've heard everything else. What is the biggest news going on with the Raiders right now as they prepare for the Cleveland Browns on Sunday? Well, I was going to say that there's nothing medically related going on with the Raiders, but I should stop short because the Raiders have a new kicker. Mike Nugent was injured pre-game. He tweaked his hip during warm-up, decided to tough through the injury, and was able to kick a 52-yard field goal with 20 seconds remaining in regulation. He, however, was has been placed on injured reserve because of that injury, and now the Raiders signed on Tuesday Matt McCrane, uh, which gives the team three three rookies at their three specialist spots. So you have the kicker, the crane, who's making his NFL debut on Sunday on a multi-surface field. He's going to go to the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum on Friday and try to get accustomed to kicking off of a dirt infield because the Oakland A's are in a, they're going to the pennant. They're, they're going to the postseason, so the dirt stays. And then you have rookie punter, and holder Johnny Townsend and undrafted rookie lawn snapper Trent Sieg. Uh, so two of those three, the lawn snapper and the kicker, are were added this month because of injuries. So oh, wow. uh, there's that. And then you also have a lot of talk about the NFL's point of emphasis on its, <laughs> unnecessary, or pardon me, its roughing the quarterback rule. Uh, and we saw that come up a couple times. The Raiders coaches, namely John Gruden and Paul Gunther, have said they think it cost them the game, which oh, I wow. think is debatable. It's debatable, but uh, you look at, first of all, there are two instances in the second quarter that apply to the NFL's point of emphasis. One was involving Miami Dolphins defensive end William Hayes when he sacked Derek Carr, tried not to put all of his body weight on Derek Carr because that's the point of emphasis. The league wants players to kind of roll off the quarterback, you know, not fully land on them uh, so William Hayes sticks out his right leg immediately grabs it uh, because he tore his ACL when landing and now will miss the remainder of the 2018 season just an Terrible. unfortunate development that Derek Carr says he wish didn't happen he wished he just fell on him normally uh, and that this role uh, wouldn't have caused that injury and then there was also a few plays later where Raiders rookie defensive tackle Mo Hurst Jr landed on Ryan Tannehill when delivering a quarterback hit. It wasn't a sack, but a hit. 
It was a third down incompletion. Raiders were set to get off the field. But because Hurst was flagged for roughing the quarterback, uh, an offensive holding on that play was offset, and so the Raiders had to redo that incompleted down. That's right. And on that replay down, Kenny Stills catches a 34-yard touchdown pass. So that was uh, certainly points, you would think, presuming that the Raiders would decline the holding. Otherwise, it would have been uh, a third down from the 44-yard line. So, you know, who knows what the Raiders would have done in that instance. But uh, Paul Gunther was adamant about that point of emphasis being the wrong point. And he thinks NFL rules should be simplified. And, uh, again, Gruden and Gunther feeling that that cost the Raiders a game. So it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation, and it's something – to keep an eye on, uh, but I mean, quite frankly, I think we all would say that more important about more important than the roughing the quarterback rule is the Raiders getting to the quarterback more moving forward than they have so far this season. That is true, Gilbert. There's a, a lot to digest what Michael <laughs> just said because for sure that new tackle rule, as far as like roughing the passer and the quarterback sacks, it seems like for one thing, Clay Matthews is he's the target every week. But what happened with the Raiders and the guy tearing out his knee, trying to not hurt a quarterback and hurts himself, that was terrible. I get what they're trying to do, especially the NFL, they care about ratings and money, and you're getting the star quarterback hurt. No one wants to watch like C.J. Bethard from the Niners playing instead of Jimmy (laughs) Garoppolo, exactly, or what happened to Aaron Rodgers a year ago and and Brett Hundley. So they want to protect their star. But if you didn't go all out for that, might as well put flags on these quarterbacks. You you could tackle everybody, everybody, everybody else, when you get to the quarterback, might as well pull a flag. That might be a little simple than trying to stop your whole body and so you won't fall on somebody. I, I don't like it. Now guys are getting hurt. It's, it's, it's uh, costing people or teams games. It could cost jobs, something like that. Or something in the play- Imagine in the playoffs when this thing starts happening. And usually when they have these new rules in the preseason, they go away when the regular season comes. This one's not going away. You're right. It's like the catch You're rule right. is going to affect a lot of outcomes. I just don't get it. I, I think it's too complicated to, you know, to make these players slow down. Like I said, I, I think as, as at some point you just got to put flags on these quarterbacks and just go for the pool, and that's about it. So the quarterbacks are going to start wearing red jerseys. <laughs> that's what they're doing in practice. Why not do it in games? I just don't get it. It's like the Thursday night football rule. Like A lot of people hate Thursday night football, but because it brings ratings and money, they're not going to go away from it. Of course not. Yeah, just like the whole – the preseason games are not going to go to two exactly. preseason games because they're charging full price for the preseason games that they have. And quarterbacks bring money, so they're going to protect them. There you go. There you go. So with that being said, obviously the Raiders, they fell to the Dolphins. They were winning at halftime, so the Raiders are now 3-0 and at the half this season. In the second half, they are 0-3, so they fall to the Dolphins. But the game was so bad, in fact, that Marshawn Lynch actually spoke in the locker room after the game, wow. which was something that was, yes, exactly, Michael, something that had to catch Michael by surprise. Here's what, my, here's what Marshawn had to say after the loss in Miami. Hot. Had what? Had, like, all your energy. The game was on the line. Just want to make plays, Chief. You why, why do you feel like it's been a challenge for this team to close out games this season? Uh, to be honest with you, Big Dog, I think we just like a we just like a, a play away, a, a check away from being uh, uh, probably the most explosive offense uh, in the lead. And I mean, you know, it come with time and it come with uh, preparation. And I mean, you know, I don't think we're gonna stop doing that. So, you know, at any given moment, it can click though. What's important for this team moving forward? 
Uh, what I think what's going to be uh, most important is that we uh, we rally behind each other, though, you feel me, more than anything. I mean, you know, if you get into, a, you know, on the outside looking in, it look, it look terrible, but we know what we got in this locker room. So, I mean, if we get – if we get behind each other, you feel me? Uh, I think we'll be able to turn it around, though. As a veteran, that's what you have to kind of preach to some of these young Excuse guys. Me? As a veteran, that's what you have to kind of preach to these young guys. To no, I think it's more so just as a football player and being a team player. Because, uh, I mean, you know, we all know what we're capable of. And, I mean, you know, at, at, at any given moment, like I said, though, we just play away from it. And uh, most of our players is, is, is playmakers. So it only takes to step out of one tackle or – you know what I'm saying? That one juke move or a spin move, and, you know, we have a different ball game. So, Michael, I heard you ask a question to Marshawn. After seeing him kind he, of He didn't call him Big Dog or Chief, though. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> I was going to say uh, Big Dog, uh, Chief. You know, how, how inspirational you think that that was, him kind of holding court for his teammates to actually see him get out and talk about, you know, how much he still has confidence in his, his, his fellow players, how much he's still kind of encouraging them and showing basically his leadership after the game. At least that's kind of how I see him getting out and, and, and talking after the game. I guess, what were your thoughts on seeing Marshawn step up? Um, well, I don't want to seem like I'm more jaded than you, Brian, but <laughs> I don't think it really did much from a locker room standpoint. Okay. Uh, and that's not to say that players didn't, you know, teammates didn't notice that Marshawn was talking to media. They did. But there's a lot of veterans in this locker room. I don't think they need any – single player to provide some measure of a raw raw type of moment in the media you know i think that's something that happens probably a little bit behind the scenes and not to say that it has happened this season so far but it's i don't know if marshawn talking to reporters for the first time since week two of last season in terms of an nfl locker room really did much for this raiders locker room uh, that said, uh, it was it was notable. Uh, I think it was uh, a couple things come to mind. There was uh, first of all, uh, Marshawn. I don't know why a reporter. There was a there's a camera guy, uh, a, a TV anchor, sports sports uh, local news anchor going live, and right? He, <laughs> and he was going live on <laughs> with Marshawn on, Lynch. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, oh, and that's a big note. Marshawn dropped a word that yeah, you don't use. Uh, certainly on television, <laughs> and the look on that guy's face, I'm told, was uh, quite something. I didn't actually personally see it, but it, he wow. was uh, aghast. I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, and then um, Marshawn was asked, because he has his Beast Mode Productions, his own private company. Yes, and Gilbert's familiar I, with I, it. I, I, that's right, and <laughs> yeah. a big part of the reason I believe that Marshawn Lynch spoke was so that Beast Mode Productions could mm. ask him in front of media about mm. a movie project that Marshawn is involved. Um, Marshawn was asked about that movie. Apparently his cleats were themed toward that movie. Uh. Uh, so he had some themed cleats. And oh, wow. Marshawn was asked about it. And he kind of, frankly, botched the question. He didn't actually specifically mention the movie title by name. He was supposed to do that. He didn't. You got one uh, job. So, you got one job. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, one job. Uh, but uh, he talked about that movie briefly when asked by uh, his Beast Mode production crew. And then he asked, you know, he, we, other reporters such as myself asked him questions related to the team and season. 
Mm. Oh, wow. So he actually didn't jump up (laughs) to talk about the game. I'm giving him credit here for actually stepping up and showing some solidarity with his team and everything else. And he's here promoting a movie. When I heard that, I'm like, why are you asking a random question about his cleats? Talk about the game. And then now it makes sense. Yeah, that's like the the random question if you're at a boxing match when a fan jumps up and says, (laughs) hey, you did a great job in this fight. So, uh, you know, how did you knock him out? How are you such a good fighter? Yeah, just a, a, a throwaway question that you would never ask if you're... Yeah, especially with Marshawn, who hardly ever speaks. I'm like, why are you asking about his cleats right now? <laughs> okay, so with that being said, I, I wonder about this. Uh, John Gruden said after the game, or on Monday, excuse me, that Derek Carr is being too aggressive in the interception that he threw into the end zone when trying to hit Martavis Bryant when they had an opportunity to get the go-ahead score. With you talking with Derek Carr and you know seeing him talk with the media since then, uh, any shake in his confidence, any frustrating, uh, any frustration, excuse me, you see setting in with, with Derek Carr at all, Michael? Big dog? I mean, he, he's, not, <laughs> he's, not, he's not, he's, he's not satisfied or relaxed or happy by any stretch about the Raiders being 0-3. That's not something that he's happy about. I don't know if he's actually audibly said frustrated. I don't know if that's a term. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's unhappy and displeased with where the Raiders find themselves. Yeah. You know, being that they are winless after three games, that's not where they want to be. That's not where, when you look at the game film, you see some of the individual efforts offensively, defensively, special teams, and really the concepts for the coaching staff that are installing their schemes respectively between John Gruden on offense and Paul Gunther on defense. You, there's, there's a lot of positives there that aren't reflected in the win-loss record. You know, in terms of how the Raiders haven't really been trailing and in through the first three quarters of these first three games, you would think that by now they would have at least one win. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> yet, yet they, 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 they find themselves here. I think Jeez. technically against the Rams in the very final play of the third quarter, they gave up the score, um, but there hasn't been a play run in the first three quarters uh, before which the Raiders were trailing. And so wow. it's, uh, wow. it's, it's a situation they find themselves in. Uh, I know on that interception, Derek Carr, given it was a first down, given it was in the red zone, do you need to make that throw? Probably not. No. Uh, that being said, it, a lot of issues on that play. You could you could argue with the play, given Marshawn Lynch was running well. You could argue at the cup block of T.J. Clemens, at right tackle, he whiffed. Hence why Cameron Wink was barreling down on the right rib of Derek Carr when he released that pass. And then ultimately, uh, I think he credits the defense for converting in the end zone uh, with the interception. But um, maybe Carr shouldn't have thrown that pass, uh, given he had a couple more downs to work with at that crucial territory, that crucial time in the game. I got you. Yeah, no, that that was a, a pivotal play in the game. And to me, there have been two interceptions I can think of, especially when he was going to Martavis Bryant, I think on both of them when he's underthrown the receiver because that's, that's a ball that you and I both know. If you're throwing that one that you want to miss long where your receiver either catches it or the ball goes out of bounds, you, you don't want to leave that one short. So, And I'm sure he knows that. I'm sure John Gruden told him that. So that's hopefully something that he doesn't do a third time. But, Gilbert, it, with that being said, for a – I don't want you to speak for all of Raider Nation, but I mean, you can you, <laughs> I try. Yeah, you do a mailbag and you hear from a lot of people. So how frustration, how how frustrating has it been for Raider Nation, Vegas Nation? You've seen emails, you get emails and tweets and everything else. Had they been with Derek Carr's play recently in the in the, the past few games? I'm going to put it this way, boss man. Is that, is that a good one to say? <laughs> or, or boss ch- man. Or champ or sport. No, not sport, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm older than five. <laughs> no, but from, uh, from my mailbag, 
a lot of frustration for John Green and Derek Carr. They're taking the bulk of the blame for the 0 and 3 start. Yeah, uh, they're making what a combined 225 million dollars. Is that it? Your two, your two most important people are not coming through in the clutch. Uh, John Green hasn't shown he could adjust for the second half. And Derek Carr is not getting it done in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He's had great stats overall. I think he's averaging about 312 passing yards. Yeah. But when it gets tough and during crunch time, he's kind of throwing interceptions. or not just, He's not getting the job done. So there's a lot of frustration for, for that right now. And it's just crazy to me to think that people are already kind of giving up on John Gruden. When he has a 10-year contract, he's going to be around for a very long time. So people are losing their faith already. I know 0-3 really hurts and being 37-3 uh Outscored in the fourth quarter does not help, man. But it's time to face the the reality, the the, the truth. This is not going to be a good team in 2018. Well, I can't handle the truth. And some people can't. I know <laughs> it's okay. But when you're when you're a fan and, and August rolls around, everybody thinks they have a chance. Yeah. But if you really study this team, like like our guy Michael does, and you you really you know study the roster, they're going to have some some bumps. I know maybe not zero three type of bumps, but it's it's gotten to that point. And it just kind of feels like it's going to be like a, I don't want to say a throwaway year, but like a, a regrouping year. Uh, uh, you know, you have to go through your, your lumps. And, and John Green hasn't coached in 10 years. And it's showing that this year he's going to need all that time he could get to <laughs> learn. And he has 10 years to learn. So 2018 is not going to look like a good year. But what, you, what you're looking for is for uh, for progress. And it seems like that often is, the offense is kind of clicking at, at certain points, just not the fourth quarter. Yeah. But their stats and they're showing that they're leading and then they're, they're doing well. They're not doing a lot of uh, three and outs. Uh, you know, I think they're getting big yards here and there, but it's just not, you know, leading to victories. And I just, I think it's going to be a common theme in 2018. We're just, they're so close, but not there yet. But that's like a progress for 2019. I got you. We're not going to call it Michael uh, and Gilbert, big dog chief. We're not going to call it a throwaway year. We're Go ahead and call it a disposable year instead, <laughs> instead of a throwaway year. But you alluded to it, Derek Carr. He's hitting on 76% of his passes. That's, that's good. That is, that's better than good. That's great. Uh, he's been sacked five times. He's had five interceptions. Probably the biggest stat that is telling to why they're not winning games right now. He only has two touchdowns. So, and, I mean, that's five interceptions. That's not a good ratio. That's not a very good ratio. All right. So, moving forward, I, I have to let everyone know uh, a nice little promo here because we do this all the time and it makes sense to do it. Let everyone know that you're listening to Vegas Nation podcast. That's right. Brought mm-hmm. to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal inside our beautiful RJ Studios. Our podcast can be found weekly on iTunes and, of course, at reviewjournal.com. Raider Nation. Be sure to keep updated on all of our informative work by, of course, Raiders beat writer Michael Gelkin and NFL writer Hilberto Manzano at ReviewJournal.com and, of course, on our Vegas Nation app. So moving along to the game that we want to talk about, it's the upcoming game, the game on Sunday. The, the next game is always the biggest game. Well, you're smiling, Gilbert. <laughs> you're not going to introduce uh, Baker Mayfield as a, hall, a future <laughs> Hall of Fame uh, Baker Mayfield, right? <laughs> Uh, very funny, very funny, Hilberto. Um, no, I, I, I do want to say this, though. If you were coming to this game, would you have said uh, one team is 1-1-1 one, one, and, one, and one team is 0-3, oh, the Raiders or the Browns, which team are you choosing there, Hilberto, smarty fans, <laughs> chief? I, I, I guess, well, I, I watch Hard Knocks this off, this off season. I, ah, I, I, anyway, I'll, okay, I'll Michael, you, let me get your answer, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Like, seriously, though, if you were coming into this game right now, would you have thought that the, the Browns would have been 1-1-1 one, one, and, one, and the Raiders were 0-3? Isn't that somewhat I, of a shocker? Honestly, I really like the direction that the Browns are oh, moving. Okay, Larry, your question. <laughs> Again, go ahead. Ask in February of 2018, then we'll give you the, the answer you want. 
Uh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry, Michael. Go ahead. <laughs> well, if you look at their defensive front, uh, you look at their quarterback. Um, I know Tyrod Taylor was somebody who you wondered about going into the season, but he's the type of quarterback who obviously can make things happen with his legs. He protects yes. the football, and, and you pair that kind of quarterback with that kind of a defense. It seemed like a combination that certainly could be, you know, I, I think going into the season, many who followed the Browns, not only this offseason, but recent years, recent drafts, you kind of had a sense that it wouldn't take long before all those Bud Light machines would be unlocked in Cleveland. <laughs> and they, and it, took, it probably should have happened a couple of weeks before it did. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, Raider, uh, the, the Browns very easily could be. Three and zero, and that might sound crazy. They but really could be the level of play that they've shown so far. So um, it's, it, I, you know, the, for the Raiders to be zero three isn't a total shock. Um, it's, maybe one and two is probably what I would I'm about to say because yeah, if we're going by picks, could have won two of them. One and two, yeah, this is true. This is true. Yeah, but that, that's not too far off. So um, here we are. No you're, no, you're absolutely right. And really, the only reason I, I, I say that one is they're the Cleveland Browns, and we all know the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns, and they hadn't won a game in two years. But uh, also because their, their schedule was way more brutal than the Raiders' schedule coming up to this point. You know, playing the Steelers out of the gate, and then the Saints, and then the Jets, two or three teams that were in the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Raiders had... What the Dolphins? I don't remember if the Dolphins. The Dolphins were. are undefeated, though. Did they make the playoffs? Time last to year? give them respect, though. I put no respect on their name, Larry Mir. <laughs> and they played the Rams, which are the best team right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's Larry's contribution to this show is to remind everyone that the Dolphins are what? That's all you're gonna say? Three now. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's a humble guy right there. Very humble. Well, he said last week that we were giving him grief about the team and that if they won, he was going to interject himself into the podcast and tell us that the Dolphins were what? 3-0. I, I, I mean, I'm not no expert here or anything, but <laughs> the Dolphins are 3-0. Oh, okay. <laughs> he knows how to read a schedule in a win and loss column. He knows how to do that very well. And who's the best quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL, Larry? Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Thank you. He can barely even get that through his lips without, <laughs> without, <laughs> without laughing. I feel like we're in a court case asking Larry a bunch of questions. Oh, well. So uh, moving forward with the Raiders coming up with this game, I wonder about this. W- what are some of the things that they're emphasizing going into this next game? Uh, Marshawn Lynch maybe possibly getting more carries. Uh, Gruden uh, addressing the team's second half collapse, particularly in the fourth quarter and the fact that they haven't scored points. Or um, Paul Gunther and, and the lack of pass rush. What if any of those things or all of those things have they addressed in the past few days, Michael? Yeah, they're working on really all of those things. I think you're hearing about finishing uh, during, in the weight room, in meetings, on the practice field, this concept of finishing everything that we do so we can create this culture of fourth quarter comes around and we can finish. Uh, I use the first-person plural there. Of course, not me personally or us personally. You, you don't but play the for way the Raiders. Are, I got you. I'm sorry. I do not. No, no. Contrary <laughs> to popular belief, I do not. Uh, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen your build here recently. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you look at the way that the Raiders, unfortunately for them, have really proven to be struggling against jet sweeps. You know, a couple of big plays uh, against the Dolphins, big plays against the Rams, just that misdirection, uh, that you know, containment, you know, just uh, discipline uh, has been an issue this season so far. And John Gruden and Paul Gunther and everyone really within the Raiders defense anticipates that if you don't demonstrate in the NFL 
that you can stop something, you're going to keep seeing it and seeing it yeah. until you prove that you can. It's a copycat league. John Gruden, I was asking about him earlier this week and about, you know, just is that how the league works? You know, if you, if you can't show you, 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 if you can't show you can stop something, are you going to continue to see it? And he said, it's like if there's a teller down the street and it's spitting out $20 bills, we're going to get in line for it. So uh, <laughs> right now the Raiders defense, when it comes to t- is it stopping teller? that particular design play, exactly is a teller. And so um, they anticipate that. So that's been a point of emphasis. Um, again, with the finishing, that's another one. Um, and also getting more pressure on the quarterback. I think those are, are, are three central points that certainly have been focused on this week, as well as just handling the Browns and all they match. You know, we talk a lot about what the Raiders have to do, but you're still game planning for an opponent, a very yeah. exotic blitz package that Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator for Cleveland, presents. And then that front, if they choose to go with your basic, traditional, simple four-man rush, they're good enough to do what the Raiders too often haven't been doing, which is beating one-on-one assignments and getting after the quarterback. Mm. So this is one been one of the better defenses in the league through the first three games, and I think we're going to have an opportunity, no doubt, to see exactly what it looks like on Sunday. I'm going to challenge Paul Gunther here. He can't hear me. and He, he won't listen to this podcast or, or care anything sure about what does. I say. Sure he does. But it's time to bring the heat in the blitz. It's a rookie quarterback, Baker Mayfield. I know you love him, Brian, but it's his first <laughs> start ever, and it's it's time to make him uncomfortable. I, the Jets aren't going to you know, give him too much you know, to work with. So I know with Paul Gunther you know, planning, it's time to bring the heat. Uh, Jared Goff, Case Keenum, Ryan Tannehill had no trouble getting the ball up the field. But you got a rookie. I know Baker Mayfield is really talented, but this is the time. To you know, makes gets creative, make something work with the guys you have out there. Khalil Mack is not coming back. You, you ah, got you got a rookie rookie quarterback. Khalil Mack. Let's not talk about that guy. <laughs> we, we've moved on, and he's going across the country to Oakland. And, you know, you know the West Coast time zone that that kind of affects sometimes younger quarterback. Yeah. So hopefully this could be the I guess the 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 moment for Paul Gunther to get something. The moment of truth. The moment of truth. What can you do? Get a good game plan going to rattle. Uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, and also I know they have talented wide receivers and, and Jarvis Landry and Antonio Callaway, but behind those two guys, there's nobody there. They're very thin, and and I like what Leon Hall is doing and, and Garyon Conley and uh, Rashawn Melvin. So you take away one of Baker Mayfield's weapons, there's not much out there. So I think you, you bring the blitz. This is, this is the week you guys should bring some heat and not worry about your secondary getting burned. They did a week ago. That was that was that was the pesky pesky Dolphins uh, trio or wide receivers there that Larry Muir loves so much. But with the Browns, I think there's less to offer. Okay, I got it. Less to offer. Um, and, that, and that's true. I mean, really, for the most part, we've spoke about how the, the Browns have a very good defense check. I mean, and their they're, they're defense travels, whether or not it's generally. Yeah, Miles Garrett is going to be a problem for Colton Miller. I know we like him, but that's going to be <laughs> his hands full. He's going to be really, you know, challenged with Miles Garrett. I think he leads the league in sacks with four. Yeah, no, he's along with another guy who's tied with four sacks. <laughs> Again, we're not bringing up Khalil Mack. <laughs> oh, Khalil Mack. Okay, yeah, he has four sacks as well. So, um, yes, I, I think that that's something that the, the Raiders definitely have the game plan for as far as defensively. What what are some of the, the key things that they're talking about offensively? Obviously, finishing games is something that they're, you know, talking about offensively. But has anyone in the media or talked to John Gruden about the fact that him making adjustments, like how teams have made adjustments after he started well in the first half. Like, say, when Jared Cook was rolling, generally in the second half he didn't continue to roll, or Mari Cooper in the first game in contrast to the second half, and obviously Jordy Nelson first half in contrast to the second half. Has anyone spoken to or has he spoken about, you know, maybe 
thinking that uh, he needs to do a better job of coaching or maybe a, a better job of trying to switch things up in the second half? Michael, I mean, obviously he's not going to give you guys his game plan, but is that anything that he has uh, talked about with the media out there? Not exactly. Um, I, I don't think he feels that he's coaching worse in the second half than he is the first half, although you certainly see it. The Raiders have been very productive on those opening script of plays that they, yes. you know, each NFL team go, has going into a game. The Raiders have scored on their first possession in all three games yeah. this season. Yeah. Two touchdowns, one field goal, all in all, a pretty productive start when it comes to starting games. And I, I think a, a key theme for the Raiders, it's hard to just, you know, when you coach things up or you self-scout to look at how we finish games and to kind of divide game by a quarter, like a quarter here, a quarter there. We're good in this quarter. We're, 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 we're bad in this quarter. How do we fix this, the, the ladder? Mm-hmm. You don't really solve problems that way. You have to just look at the execution on given plays and, and coach up from the ground up. Gotcha. Uh, but one area that the Raiders really want to improve on, I mean, there's uh, a few areas. You know, They want to get better at takeaways on defense. Yes. They're not forcing enough turnovers. They want to protect the football better. Uh, Cleveland Browns, I believe, are number one in the NFL yes. in, in turnover margin. Uh, so the Raiders uh, need to do better job in that area. Uh, red zone offense, that's a critical area. The Raiders went into the red zone five times this yes. past Sunday. Yes. They got two touch two touchdowns out of it. They had a field goal. They had a turnover on downs. They had an interception. It wasn't where it needed to be. And then field position. Part of the problem for the Raiders, and this is kind of linked up to the lack of takeaways defensively, the Raiders are the only team in the NFL that hasn't begun to drive this season in opponent territory. Wow. Wow. They're, they're backed up way too often. They, wow. they started one drive at the four-yard line on Sunday. They started another drive at their own two-yard line. They started another Jeez. drive at their own 10-yard line. Man. Those are all after special teams penalties. So Oof. they need to force That's turnovers crazy. on defense, help your offense out. Because right now you look at the Raiders from a yardage standpoint, they're one of the best in the NFL in terms of uh, offense, you know, yards for a team. But then you look at scoring, and they're way down. And part of the reason is because red zone. And also, it takes them too long to get down there uh, because they're starting so far back in their own territory. So uh, I think those are the type of things that are more about what you're hearing inside Raiders headquarters. And they are talking about finishing, the mindset of finishing. But when it comes to actually putting solutions down, you really need to focus on situational football and just executing on given plays. That's a lot going on there for the Raiders offense, huh? No, man, those <laughs> stats that Michael just said. Yeah. If you want to know about what's going on with the Raiders and why they're not winning Oof. right now, just listen to that last, uh, the last points made by Michael Gelkin. That's, did you know most of that? Gee, that wow. Not everything, but that was eye-opening stuff there from Michael. Jeez. It explains why they're 0-3. It absolutely explains why they're 0-3. Well, guys, we have to get to the point now where we give our picks. Ooh, we, yes. We, we, uh, <laughs> we were shut out last week from that laugh there. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm not going to be able to come back this year. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm not going to be able to come back this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the show as a loser, I guess. And what is that playing in the background? That sounds like boys to men. <laughs> oh no! How do I say goodbye to the bar? Okay, so we'll give we'll give our last picks. Obviously, uh, I thought you're gonna sing. The, oh goodness gracious! If, if I start singing, ladies will come out of the woodwork. <laughs> I, think, I think I think you need to explain why you're leaving. Yeah, I was like, well, you're leaving us hanging, guys. Oh no, I was. Yeah, well, obviously, this is my last show doing the podcast here. Uh, I'm moving. 
on obviously to, <laughs> i'm confused i'm doing i'm a tv guy i'm a tv guy so i'm moving on to a local television station here in, in las vegas channel three i'll be doing sports there so michael you're not going to get away from me actually gilbert you're not going to get away from me actually i'll likely see you at some of these games i'll get an opportunity to actually cover some of these games so uh, we're done with you like a little mac we've moved on <laughs> So, Michael, when I come up to you and say what's up to you at one of these Raider games, don't act like you don't know who I am. Well, I'm just going to give you one piece of advice, and that is if Marshawn is speaking in the locker room, do not roll live. <laughs> <laughs> don't roll live. Yeah, that. Yeah, I, I've been doing television a long time, and that's a big no-no. I'm here live with Brian. You know what? I will share this quick story with you. I was, with the, uh, I was covering the New Orleans Saints. Covering the New Orleans Saints at a game against the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis – and we were not necessarily live, but I shot a look live inside the locker room and interviewed one of the players, right? So I shoot an interview with a player that we talk, they, they rewind the tape, they send it back via satellite, and they run it like a minute later. And probably one minute after it airs on, on television, I get a bunch of text messages and tweets. One of the guys for the Saints was in the background getting dressed, Ugh. and his butt rear was actually on camera which was bad. Yes. It was all. It, it could have been worse. It absolutely could have been worse. But generally, if you're shooting like a look live, you're doing a, a, a stand-up interview with somebody. You have a locker in the back room. You don't have guys getting dressed, walking out of the shower in the back. In the back, back. So don't go live. <laughs> it wasn't a live. They call it look live. But anyway, going on to channel three. You guys are going to be doing this without me. I will continue to listen. I'll continue to uh, to read Michael's articles and Gilbert's articles. Obviously, you guys' stories. Uh, the information that I'll use for all the stories that I do since I'm not going to be doing any work I'm just going to be <laughs> poaching your guys' work so I, uh, thank you in advance Michael and Gilbert <laughs> you didn't give us credit right <laughs> yeah I'll be I'll be footnoting everything that I use from you guys according to former uh, co-worker <laughs> <laughs> but lastly though I, I do want to get your guys' picks so whomever you're not picking right because you're, you're gone you know what I will give a pick why not and the new host of this show carry on your, your your winless record oh my goodness Heidi Fang I don't know if you know that Michael Heidi Fang will be doing the podcast with you guys now on from now on I'm, I'm I, I just heard and um, we are going from one amazing person to certainly another oh. Heidi, Heidi's awesome Heidi is very good people Heidi is very good people and she you know what First of all, she shot some great pictures from this past game yeah. in Miami that we used for the mailbag show. I mean, just the Derek Carr one. Oh my goodness, the Derek Carr picture, the picture of Jordan Nelson in the end zone. They look like pictures that should be on a magazine somewhere. I mean, those are really, really good shots. But yeah, she's going to be better at picking games than I am. So um, and taking pictures and taking pictures. Yes, I'll go ahead and <laughs> so, better at picks all around. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. This guy, Michael, oh, yeah, he's saving his best for last. Hey, thank you very much, Michael. Thank you very much. So, with that being said, guys, who do you got in this game this weekend? Uh, I'll go ahead and say first of all, I think that the Raiders are going to win this game. They're going to beat the Browns. Baker Mayfield is not going to the Hall of Fame after playing the wow. Raiders this weekend. Gilbert, who you got? You need a score though. Well, my score, I'm going to go with Raiders. You know what? They're scoring a gang of touchdowns, big dog. I think oh. the Raiders, they're going to break. Calm yourself, Chief. <laughs> Derek Carr throws three touchdown passes, one to Martavis Bryant, uh, one to Jordy Nelson, one to Amari Cooper. The Raiders win 31-14. to Woo. Wow, I know. I, I don't know where I came with that with, but who, what you got, G? <laughs> Last week, I was trying to predict a, a, a shootout. It was kind of there, 28-20, uh, Dolphins, uh, again, for Larry uh, Props there. 
But with yeah. with the Browns having a, a good defense and the Raiders kind of, you know, stalling on offense, I'm gonna say it's a it's it's a low scoring game. But I'm going with the Raiders. They're back home. Uh, John Green needs a win. Uh, the the Black is gonna be pumped to have them back after a two game road trip. So road trip. So I'm gonna go. Uh, Raiders 17, Browns 14. Wow, 17-14. Gilbert sitting at 2-1 and one on the season. Michael, the returning champion. Let's get ready to rumble. You're sitting at 2-1, and one, tied with Gilbert as well. Who, who you got this weekend? I know things are going well until I picked the Raiders to win. And now <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a rebound. I, I, I really like the Browns. I love the way that they're built. When you look at these two rosters, in some ways the Browns, have the roster that the Raiders want eventually in that they've really built through the draft. Uh, Whereas the Raiders, uh, because they haven't hit a recent draft pick, have relied on a lot of experienced veterans. You know, we've talked about this a lot in detail in months past, but uh, just two rosters that are in two very different places. I am so tempted to pick the Browns. But I, 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 given the experience factor, and really both teams are, 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 are learning, are in the process of learning how to win, I think it's very interesting. I think it's going to be an eventful fourth quarter, but I'm going to go ahead and, and give it to the team whose quarterback is not making his first career start and say that <laughs> Paul Gunther has a lot up his sleeves and does enough to make nice. Baker Mayfield uncomfortable, and the Raiders squeak by and win by a field goal. Let's call it 27-24. Wow. Okay. So a lot of of points in this game. Everybody got the Raiders. So I I guess I can't come back and win, even though I'm not going to be here. I'm going to start. I can't call in. Dang. I'm going to be sending text messages to Gilbert so Heidi can can get on the show somehow. I'm going to ghost you now. I don't know you. (laughs) Oh, man. You're being blocked. You're you're dead to us like Leo Mack is. (laughs) Oh, man. This show, we move on. Okay. So you guys move on, and I move on to be the defensive player of the year. (laughs) <laughs> that's, a, that's a good trade. I'm gonna right? go win an Emmy. Thank you very much. <laughs> now we'll, we'll miss you dearly, Brian. To I be serious. And honestly, to be very serious as well, man. Michael, I, I I told you this via text, and I'll tell you this now, man. It's been a pleasure working with you. Uh, obviously, you going from newspaper to doing radio and on camera. I've seen you grow, man. You do very very good work. It's been a pleasure, my man. And then you, Gilbert. Obviously, man, I've been with you all the time. I tell you this all the time, man. I really enjoy working with you. Um, I, I appreciate you letting me butcher your name at all times. You never butcher. You say it right. <laughs> I, I mess up your name, but you you always in Spanish. You roll your R's. You're, it's, it's perfect. Oh, there we go. And then Larry, obviously, my guy, man, from way back. Enough said. My guy. Enough said. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. We're going we're gonna to miss you, Brian. Thank you very much. I like how Larry just <laughs> – thank you, Michael, man. I appreciate it. So, to everyone here at Vegas Nation, the podcast, be sure to check it out at iTunes, also ReviewJournal.com. you got to check out all the great video work done by Michael Gelkin, the Raiders beat writer, also Hilberto Monsano. He'll be doing the post-game raps as well with Heidi Fang or whomever is doing all of the Vegas Nation stuff. Go to Roku Television, also Amazon Fire Stick to check that stuff out. I'll be on Channel 3. <laughs> To everyone out there, we'll not see you next time, but be good.